Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is off this week. He'll be back on Monday. Thank you, as always, for being here. Well, Tucker Carlson got the first big interview with Devin Archer, and I think this is the interview of the week. Um, it seems like a lot of other mainstream media outlets didn't even bother to pick up the phone and try to call Devin Archer. This is Hunter Biden's former business associate who testified on Capitol Hill earlier this week. Um, and I, I think just as a side note, one of the funniest things about this is that it is, especially for a conservative or right of center audience, this is the interview of the week. It might be the interview of the summer, and Fox News can't touch it. That's interesting, yeah. <laughs> they, what are they supposed to do? Like, oh, yeah, by the way, that guy that we fired for no apparent reason, um, he did this interview, and we're really interested in it. I mean, that's just really – that's got to burn up some of the people in the news department, I, w- I would guess, at Fox News. I would think so. When, when, when the management made, a, made a, a firing decision, and now the biggest news story of the week, or one of the biggest news stories of the week, and certainly the biggest interview of the week, they can't talk about. Anyway, let's get to the nitty-gritty of this, though. Uh, it sure looks like Joe Biden was involved in the business uh, – while he was vice president. Mm-hmm. Uh, notably, there was an old letter sent from Joe to Devin Archer. I guess this was after the first time they met. Uh, Devin Archer started wor- had just started working with Hunter. Uh, Devin met Joe at some event, and Joe wrote in a letter, Hey, sorry I couldn't talk more, but I was busy with the president of China. Can't wait to catch up with you and Hunter. Really excited that you're working together. Can't wait to meet up and, and catch up soon. So, yes... Joe Biden lied when he said he had never once discussed Hunter's business because why else would he say, can't wait to catch up with you, Devin? Right. What are you going to talk about? You're going to talk about the weather with Devin? You just love the weather that much? It was sent to Rosemont Seneca Partners. Yeah, right. Please. (laughs) I mean, dude. (laughs) Stop it. and, and, And Devin Archer has confirmed now that, yeah, I mean, there was some discussion at the very least uh, between Joe Biden and Hunter and his business associates. And I, I thought this was a really interesting part of the interview that Tucker did uh, with Devin Archer. What was he thanking you for? Well, uh, you know, first of all, it's a lovely letter, and it was... <laughs> <laughs> it's quite enthusiastic. It's a little weird, though, right? Yeah, well, it was. It, listen, it was, it was kind of the beginning of our partnership, and he was thanking me and thanking Hunter, I think, at the end of the day, for bringing... This idea of this government regulatory strategic advisory business into the private equity world. And I think he was excited about the prospects for Hunter. And, um, you know, he was uh, 
just just thanking me. I think it was a nice gesture. So he was he was excited about the prospects for Hunter, which means he knew some of the details here. Which means he knew that whatever they were working on, uh, you know, might be beneficial. They impeached Trump over a phone call they never heard. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, think about that. Never heard it. Never heard it. Yeah, it was. And they impeached him over it. Yeah. But I'm sure that sternly worded letter coming from, you know, Jim Jordan and Kevin McCarthy will get things rolling. Dude, I, I am Impeach so. Impeach him now. What I, is going on? I am so frustrated with congressional Republicans. Look, Me too. I, I understand you impeach the guy. It goes to the Senate. It probably dies. There's, dies there. It's, it's yeah. very likely that there will be uh, no uh, conviction if he is impeached. I understand all of that. But to your point, you impeach Donald Trump for asking about this. Right. Now you got to ask yourself, why? Is it because they knew there was some there there? It sure seems like it because yeah, right. the best defense is, well, you know, it would have been abnormal for him to not talk to his son's business partners. And they were just talking about the weather. And by the way, Bo Biden had just died. So how dare you uh, mm-hmm. question any of this? There's a little bit more uh, of this part uh, with Tucker Carlson and Devin Archer. It was a nice, for sure, for sure. Very polite. It's, it gets a 10 on the etiquette scale, but he's a vice president of the United States, right. and he's talking about foreign business deals with you and thanking you for right. that. I think, again, it, it goes back to my other, earlier point. In, in, yeah, I think I hit, at the time, I think I hit the jackpot in finding the regulatory environment or company that can navigate right to the top. But, you know, obviously, as time was told, you know, being a little bit too close to the sun ends up burning you for sure and and it did you and you you suffered greatly for it and this is not a criticism of you i I would think as a business guy um you use every advantage these are not business guys this is the vice president of the united states he's not allowed to be working on businesses with foreign governments while he's vice president i don't think not that i know of (laughs) (laughs) but here he is right amazing Right. right i think the performance aspect of it is really fascinating to me, too, aside from the substance. The substance is, of course, uh, damning. At the very least, it proves that Joe Biden has been lying for years about his son's involvement in Hunter Biden's business. So that's a big deal, because uh, then you wonder, well, why did he lie about that? And why, why did he lie? And then why has the line changed from never spoke to him about the business to wasn't in business? Right. With his son. Yeah. So that I, those raise interesting questions. But from just watching the body language of Devin Archer and listening to what he had to say, I think to me, he doesn't come across as a guy who is out for blood. Maybe he is. Maybe, maybe yeah, they apparently had a falling out uh, four or five years ago. So maybe he is just like, you know what? Screw the Bidens. You know, these guys ruined my life. You know, I got caught up in all sorts of stuff after meeting them. And now I'm going to be going to prison for a year or whatever for fraud. Um, And so maybe this is, you know, his way of getting revenge. But he doesn't come across as shrill. If anything, it's like he's kind of walking a tightrope to try to sound respectful and say, well, I'm not going to sit here and say that Joe was on the take, but I'm certainly going to imply that Joe was on the take. Yeah. So... Uh, we'll have more on that uh, a little bit well, later. Well, did you see that Joe in handwriting, his own handwriting at the bottom of that letter? Yeah. Said, happy you guys are together. Yeah. Uh, but 
Why would you say well, that? Well, I don't, you never... I, well, when you're talking about the weather. Right. <laughs> Happy you guys are enjoying the weather. Okay. Now, this guy, he's a guy who understands barometric pressure. Happy right. that you're with my son because he doesn't know squat right. about the weather. I show him my yeah. little my, 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 my weather gauges and whatnot, and he can't tell uh, a southeast wind from a northwest wind. It's, it's crazy. so dumb. I mean, it's, it's all right there. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, uh, of course, we know Trump's been indicted for a third time. The hot takes are flying, and I am a connoisseur of hot takes, sir. Oh, yeah. Uh, the latest case, of course, has to do with Trump's claims of voter fraud after the 2020 election. They're essentially saying because you said there was fraud and you wanted people to find fraud, you broke the law. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, MSNBC's Al Sharpton joins the chat with a absolutely remarkable take on the entire situation. I mean, this is just as low as it gets. I've never heard of three cases on one individual in three jurisdictions. So this is serious. But on the other side of it, one day our children's children will read American history. And can you imagine our reading that James Madison or Thomas Jefferson tried to overthrow the government so they could stay in power. That's what we're looking at. We're looking at American history and how it will play out is Wait going to be very could, important. Could you imagine no. reading about people who overthrew a government, government wanting to overthrow a government? You know, they were big fans of England. We know that, right. don't we? <laughs> I know. <laughs> what, the, what are you talking about? They, they did overthrow a government. They of actually, course they did. They overthrew the most powerful government uh, in the world at that time. Golly, man. <laughs> I mean, this is not hard. This no. is not hard. And I love how nobody, that was on Morning Joe, and I love how oh, nobody yeah. corrects him. Because nobody knows. Right, nobody, they're like, that's I, a good point, Al. I, yeah, I, I mean, I, exactly. Yeah. Could you imagine? Because how can you just let that go? <laughs> no. I mean, they, who, who wants to tell him now? Has anybody told him yet? <laughs> I mean, you know, there was this thing called the Revolutionary War. Yeah, right. right? You know, like, uh, it wasn't just a bunch of goobers walking into a Capitol building, okay? It was actually, like, fought with cannons and, and, and knives and guns. Like, they, they actually killed people. believable. Yeah, <laughs> I mean... Uh, I heard that and my mouth just dropped. I mean, I'm used to dumb stuff coming out of his cake hole. I'm used to it. But boy, howdy, that one was really something. It can really... you imagine Thomas Jefferson overthrowing a government? Yeah, I can because he did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, actually, it's uh, entirely believable. And I, <laughs> yeah. I actually read about it in school. <laughs> yeah, too. Yeah, in eighth <laughs> yeah. grade. Yeah. Uh, speaking of school and, well, basic high school. Uh, literacy. Uh, Trenton High School in Michigan actually had a, a bit of a whoopsie here. Uh, they had a sponsored sign that was put up on its football bleachers. It was supposed to read, Welcome to Trenton High School. But they misspelled welcome as we come. They left the L out. Okay. Oh, so, so it's... <laughs> here we go. Yeah. We here know. are some people uh, from the community, including the superintendent. Uh, his name is Douglas Menser reacting to the misspelling i mean if you're a school that's the one thing you can't do is misspell something that you're prominently displaying i mean i drove by and i was like well something doesn't look right and then i was like there's no l my daughter sent me the picture and she said that uh there's a misspelling on trenton football field and she sent it to me and i said i can't believe they forgot the l i don't know how someone doesn't catch that spell check yeah it's a great idea, right? It's the old Snickers commercial, right? The guy painting yeah. the end zone for the Kansas City Chiefs, and he spells it chefs. <laughs> chefs, yeah. Someone needs to get those guys a Snickers, apparently, because great googly moogly. <laughs> you know, generally, when, you, when you're when you doing that sort of thing, then you step back and you look at it after you're done. Yeah. 
right? And, and, and you're, you're eyeballing it just to see if the letters are right. And, you know, you, you would just do that. Yeah. Well, in fairness, it was put together by a 10-year-old migrant who just crossed the border a couple months okay, ago. So, there you go. I mean, there you go. <laughs> and did it for 10 cents an hour. Did yeah, it for 10 it. cents an hour. Out. Right, it's an okay. act of love, you see, according <laughs> of to course it is. Joe yeah. Biden. All right, we got a lot to get to, uh, including, man, a terrible story out of Portland. We'll talk about that next. This is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. The Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is on special assignment. He'll be back on Monday. So Portland, unfortunately, has gone exactly in the direction that a lot of us were afraid it would uh, because of years of progressive leadership and just bowing down to the radical left activists that live in that city. Uh, and it really all came to a head in 2020. I mean, it was going, it was getting kind of bad before 2020, but then the summer of love hit and it was like a hurricane of violence that came out in, uh, in, in Portland. And so of course they, unfortunately the city has uh, a mess on its hands now and it was all predictable. It's really sad. And we've covered it extensively here. Uh, a Portland doctor, her name is uh, Mary Constant, uh, Constantino. She's a radiologist. Mm-hmm. Told this story. She was leaving a bar with a friend of hers, a coworker, and pretty safe neighborhood, at least uh, the way she tells it. And a homeless guy shows up and throws an aluminum, uh, an aluminum bottle at her, whaps her on the head, and cuts open her eye or the, yeah. the skin just above her eye. Right. She's got blood running all over her face. I mean, it's just a mess. It is a. It was a violent attack. And the only reason why she wasn't bludgeoned even more in her telling of events is because her friend is like what? I think she said he was six seven. Yeah, so he was a huge dude. Large yeah. guy who yeah. was able to sort of step up. And But again, this attack came out of the blue. Right. No reason for it. Unprovoked, just insanity. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and uh, she talked to Fox News about this, about what happened. She waited 20 minutes for the cops to get there. Wow. Uh, which is actually kind of fast by Portland standards. Yeah, no fault of the cops. There just no, aren't enough of them. not at no. all. Yeah, I mean, that, that's what happens when you do yeah. the whole defund the police thing and you run that's off right. a bunch of cops and demonize them. Yeah. Uh, you don't have the staffing levels you need to police such a large city. Political leaders don't have their backs. No. And, that's part of it, too. Yeah. Here's what she told Fox News Digital. I do not hold the police accountable for this at all. I hold our city accountable for defunding the police and making it, you know, um, we're in this situation where we don't have enough police force to protect our citizens. And we did this to ourselves. If we don't have police officers to come to the, to the side of somebody who is under attack, then we're all on our own. I'm not so concerned with myself. I'm concerned with my friends. I'm concerned with my kids. I'm concerned with everybody walking around downtown. I care about people. I care about every single person in the community, um, no matter what color flag you wave um, and who you are, where you live. I And I get angry thinking that this could happen to anybody I care about or actually just anybody, even if I don't know them. Yeah. And there are some naysayers out there who are saying, well, I mean, attacks can happen in any big city. Now, now that's true. I mean, you, you can well, run yeah. into a crazy person anywhere in America or anywhere around the world. That's true. The bigger point is that this is not an uncommon story. 
And there is no way to look at crime statistics over the last three years in Portland, Oregon, and say that what they've been doing has been working. Uh, and in fact, for all the people who are out there waving the Black Lives Matter flag, claim your prize, you got a lot of black people killed because you pushed to uh, reimagine policing and all that nonsense that went on. And and it, it's easy to tear something down. It's really hard to build something back up. That's 100% and, true. And yes. you, you've got years now ahead of you of people trying to actually do the work, not the woke, stupid slogan, you need to get to the work. No, I'm, the actual hard work it takes to reassemble a city. I mean, when you have, like, the Nike store saying, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we need the city to, 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 to come in and help us because people just walk in the door and rip us off. And then they're saying, okay, well, we're going to take a break for a little while. you got businesses leaving because they don't feel safe. Because they don't, and I, I remember in 2020 there was a uh, a business that I had partnered with uh, for a little while, uh, doing some commercials for them, and uh, between the lockdowns, they were downtown, by the way, um, between the lockdowns, and then you had some wildfires, and really the crime, they had to close up shop. They're done. They 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 moved out of the city. They're they can't. Uh, and I, I remember seeing the long email from the, the sales rep that I had worked with who just said, you know, somebody's got to wake up these city leaders because this is not sustainable. And more people are going to leave. More people are going to leave because clients don't feel comfortable going downtown. Tourists don't feel comfortable going downtown. And then if they don't feel comfortable going downtown, well, businesses who are trying to make it work don't have a revenue stream. It's not complicated. You have to enforce the law, and to me, I, I, I'm, I'm saying we got to get the uh, the baton to the back of the skull brigade in there right now to just start uh, forget about any sort of complaints about police brutality. We got to have some skulls getting cracked. Well, I've known in my lifetime two or three different friends of mine who have started their own businesses, differing businesses. Yeah, two of them went out of business because. There was some criminal activity that took place yeah. either in their store or near their store, and people were just afraid to go there. Yeah. They don't want to go there anymore. I, under, I Listen, I've got options. I'm going to take them. Yeah. Idiots. Uh, exactly. This is not difficult. No. Uh, Treasury Secretary says that she was blindsided by the fact that the U.S. Uh, debt rating was downgraded. We'll get to that and much more. This is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is out this week. He'll be back on Monday. Uh, so Fitch Ratings downgraded the U.S. debt rating on uh, earlier this week from the highest AAA rating to AA+. I hear old Janet was not help, happy about this. No, she was not. In fact, I, you, you, you don't just hear her sucking on a Werther's original. She was crunching <laughs> those bad boys. That's what I thought. Yeah, she, she was, was mad. angry. You don't want to piss her off, boy. Right. I'll tell you that. <laughs> right. So what, what this means just in broad terms is uh, they're assessing how safe it is to invest in debt. You buy treasuries, and then mm -hmm. at a, after a certain period of time, you get uh, whatever you put in back plus interest. And so... Uh -huh. Uh, Fitch Ratings has come out and said, well, you know, the debt is out of control. You got out of control spending. We're not really sure what the political future of the country really is. I know CNN was out there trying to say, well, it was January 6th. That's really what did it. Okay, whatever. 
Um, so Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen can't figure out why this would happen because, well, everything is going so well, Scott. I know. Everything's great. Here's Janet Yellen. Over the past few years, the American economy has seen an historic recovery from the depths of the pandemic downturn. Over 13 million new jobs have been created since January 2021. Okay. Our unemployment rate stands at 3.6 percent near historic lows. Overall annual inflation has declined every month for the past year, and our economy continues to grow. In the longer term, the United States remains the world's largest, most dynamic, and most innovative economy with the strongest financial system in the world. Fitch's decision is puzzling in light of the economic strength we see in the United States. I strongly disagree with Fitch's decision, and I believe it is entirely unwarranted. Well, I mean, you've had a couple of decades where they've been playing around with the debt ceiling, uh, spending has not been meaningfully cut. And when we're at a point where we're adding a trillion dollars to the debt every six months, that's a problem. That has nothing to do with the unemployment rate. Okay, no. it's you're, you're spending money that you don't have. And yes. that is why there are, well, apparently at least one major uh, ratings outfit that is saying, yeah, it's, it's risky now. We're not really sure what the future of the U.S. government is, and it's being crushed by $33 trillion or whatever in debt. So it's probably not as reliable as it once was. <laughs> I mean, that she's shocked by this stuff I is, know. is so... Well, it's shocking to me. Well, it, and then I, I think to myself, is she really? And she may very well be. I mean, they live in a delusional world. They do. I mean, well, they all do. Well, it was, what, in 2022, early 2022, after she had spent months saying that inflation was transitory. Right. That oh, lie. Yeah. And everybody else was saying, no, it's no, it's not. It's actually getting much worse. And you, you really need to be aggressive in trying to counter this. She said later, I didn't understand that I appreciate the global supply chain issues here. <laughs> I am heavily invested in Werther's Originals and Depends. Oh, God. I mean, dude, it, it's embarrassing that these are the people uh, running the our lions. country. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's like a bunch of uh, senile geriatrics and then freak shows who check boxes. That's about it. And well, I worked for FDR. <laughs> <laughs> I met him when I turned 60. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, moving on. Uh, Beer Business Daily. I know you subscribe to the swimsuit issue. Right. Uh, It's a, as the name would suggest, it is a trade publication about the beer business. And the publisher of it, Harry Schumacher, is uh, giving some interesting takes on what's happening with the Bud Light situation. Because the sales aren't rebounding. No. And he's saying, well, this is pretty remarkable here. Uh, that Bud Light has been suffering this consistently for this long since the whole Dylan Mulvaney partnership. Uh, and here's part of what he had to say. I think it's uh, part of this is just kind of comedy to me, but right. it, it's interesting to hear his take on this, having covered this industry for like three decades. In my 30 years of doing this, I've never seen anything like it. And I think it's a, kind of a wake-up call for marketers that um, – Wading into the culture wars can have 
pretty serious consequences, and it's probably best just to stay clear. And they are reacting, and they are making changes within the company uh, because the consumer is still pissed. You know, months and months in, they're still pissed, and the volumes are not improving. They've been hit harder in the on-premise because when you're drinking in the on-premise, you're out in public, and I think nobody wants to be seen or get into a conversation about the culture wars by be, by drinking a Bud Light in public. So, yeah, they've been hit hard. Exactly. Absolutely true. I mean, Absolutely true. I mentioned that just last week. I know I've, yep. I've said it a few times that a neighbor of mine having the barbecue didn't want me to bring any Bud Light, not because he's right wing or left wing or anything. It's just because he didn't want it to become a thing because somebody makes a joke, somebody gets offended, big fight happens, barbecue's ruined. And and can you imagine, you know, you go to your local tavern, you order a Bud Light, that's going to turn into a thing, potentially. Right. Yeah. So why why bother with it at all? You know, and, and I think it's not just a conservative mindset either. I mean, I would I would think that there there are probably liberals out there who are just like I don't I just don't want to get involved. People who are not heavily political, not not willing to get into a fight, not willing to get into an argument. You just want to go to a bar, have a few drinks with your friends. Yeah, why do you want to to get on board with anything that's going to even potentially cause an unnecessary uh, right. uh, bit of friction? I've got seventy three options. Yeah. You know, it's not like you're the only light beer. Exactly. You know, I chose to drink you then, and I can choose to undrink you now because yeah. if I order one and it's sitting there, that can is sitting next to me, and some guy pops off at the bar, or a couple of guys pop off at the bar, and then it becomes an incident. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't want any part of that nonsense. Or it's like you're you're going I'm to done. take a going to take a leak, and somebody comes out and is just like, "All right, ladies' rooms over there, buddy." <laughs> you know? Yeah. Did you it, sit down in there? Right. I, it just becomes this cultural punchline. No, it, it and does. Embarrassment. And that's exa- exactly right. Once you become a cultural punchline, mm-hmm. you're done. Right. It, you're just, done. It's just not thinking things through here. No. And I think also Anheuser-Busch, as we've talked about before, has just handled the entire controversy terribly because they've just been talking down to people who are offended by the initial thing. And then it's like, you know what? I'm done. I'm out. I, I don't I don't want to do business with you anymore. And as you said, I've got a bunch of different options. Yeah, I'll take and one. Bud Light. Fine. I mean, it, I drank Bud Light because it was cheap and available. Well, you know, that's it. The the guy that plays Mister Wonderful on 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 TV, mm-hmm. uh, he, the show where they all are investors and you know they want to invest money in certain things. You go out and make your pitch and this sort of thing, right? Okay. Anyway, he said yesterday that he is going to start teaching a college class course, and Bud Light will be featured. It should be. As a way not to market ever again. Don't do this. Yeah, don't don't do something because your woke friends in Manhattan think it's funny or think yeah. it's cool. Yeah. You know, you gotta know your customer base. And if you have nothing but contempt for your customer base, I suggest you find a different line of work. Right. Find a different company to do advertisements for. Yeah, and he's gonna teach that as as part of a uh, college course yeah. now. And, and I mean and, and it's rightfully so. Yeah, that would be absolutely you useful. should. There's an example. Yeah. How you can take a brand that was had no problems. Yeah. Right? There's not you just reinforce to people they were doing the right thing with your advertising. Mm-hmm. It was clever, it was funny, maybe people would talk about it. But at the end of the day, you just reinforce what your brand was. Right. And then you had some knucklehead 
two, two or three knuckleheads who got together and said this would be a good thing to do. And they'll, they'll couch you by saying, well, this was never really a commercial. It was only online for a while, and the cans weren't available to the mess. But I don't care. Yeah. You did it to yourself. Absolutely. What's wrong with you? Yeah. Well, again, I mean, wokeness is a mind virus. I know. It so is. It terrible. sort of takes over common sense at every yep. turn. Yep. All right. It's that time of the show. We go around the table. We do What's Your Story? Where bring in a story that caught your attention it might not be the biggest one of the day but you wanted to share it with everybody scott what's your story today um this is from a couple different sources today there is a timeline that is currently going around in social media and 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 online media as well this timeline is incredible uh the seven the 317 hunter admits laptop 318 trump indictment news Six eight FBI document alleges Biden bribe. Six nine Trump indicted. Seven twenty six Hunter plea deal collapses. Seven twenty seven Trump indicted. Seven thirty one Devin Archer testifies. Eight one Trump indicted. Yep. Now come on, man. Uh, it's obvious. And, There's a pattern here. Uh, yeah. Uh, Any, anytime the conversation gets turned uh, to look bad for the Bidens, here comes Jack Smith or. Uh, some prosecutor in Manhattan or wherever, it'll be Fulton County next in Georgia, somebody comes out of the woodwork and says, well, we're indicting him. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and when you when you look at it on a sheet of paper like this, you say to yourself, yeah, because you forget this happened, then that happened, this happened, then that happened. Yeah. And today, watching all the news shows this morning, nobody was talking about Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. Nobody. Oh, no. But they were talking a hell of a lot about Donald Trump. Of course they were. Because- that was a lead story. Because you know that the uh, Fulton County indictment could come down any minute now. Right. Just waiting for another Biden revelation, and that'll drop that one, too. Right, exactly. It's like, Uh by the way, we have uh, definitive proof that uh, it was actually Joe Biden who hired prostitutes to pee on that bed in Moscow. (laughs) Yeah, right. Donald Trump indicted for jaywalking in 1996. That's just how it's going to work. amazing. Yeah. All right, it's What's Your Story? We go around. May not be the biggest story of the day, but something that caught your attention uh, this caught my attention, and I've been meaning to talk about this for like three days, but we keep having breaking news. Prestige Biotech, a Chinese medical company, operated an illegal laboratory in California where they bioengineered and infected almost a 1,000 mice with diseases like yeah. HIV, E. coli, malaria, and COVID-19. Unbelievable. The undercover lab was discovered in a warehouse in Reedley, California, where a garden hose was found to be illegally attached to the building. A garden hose? Yeah, they had a garden hose. They're like, not supposed to be there. What's going on in this warehouse? Well, they find a bunch of mice that are infected with diseases. Some of them are, like, wearing top hats and dancing and whatnot. I mean, they've just, that, that last part I made up. But, yeah. no, they I, that's just operating here in the United States. They're, they're doing dangerous experiments. They're... They're doing uh, uh, genetic uh, uh, mutations on these mice to make them get and spread diseases more quickly. I mean, when are we going to find out that it was actually, uh, you know, Anthony Fauci who hooked up that hose accidentally? Yeah. Got to spray off my sketches. Well, are there there like 200 mice running around right now? They they killed all the mice. (laughs) So they say. The, The health department says they went and killed them all. What, what was left? Yeah, we don't right, know how many of them escaped oh, yeah. I don't yeah, know. before then. Uh, confession, Gosh. Um I am actually three mice in a human suit. <laughs> right. I was grown in that lab in California. 
Dude, you're you're in a zoo in China. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right, yeah, the man like the bear. Yeah. Oh, did you see an update to that? Yes, I did. Uh, okay, so so if you missed it, there's this conspiracy theory going around online that a uh, sun bear at a zoo in uh, China is actually a guy in a bear suit. Yes, because there's a video that made the rounds of the bear standing up on its hind legs and standing up straight and kind of waving to the crowd. It looked like. Yes. And it, it, the, the way that the back folds, the skin folds fell down, made it look like it was a pair of trousers that didn't fit too well. Yes. And so a bunch of people uh, thought, oh, this is just, you know, a Chinese zoo pulling a fast one on us. And they've just got a guy in a bear suit. They denied it. Well, now they've put out, I guess, a video of the bear eating something to prove that it was actually a bear, not a yeah. guy in a bear Please. It's a bacon, it's a bacon cheeseburger. <laughs> I was, no, con- I, I was I convinced don't. until he started taking a sip out of that Frosty. <laughs> right. It's some kind of eucalyptus or something that's yeah. a bear. And, uh, but again, I mean, when even I mean, when you see the thing, it almost looks like you can see the sewing part of the panel in the back. Yeah. Like they used to make the long johns that way so the panel would open up <laughs> in the back. That's right. what it looked like. <laughs> I... Um... I still believe it's a guy in a bear suit. I do, too. I, I absolutely do. I mean, yeah. come on. They, they, with all of the technology out there, you're telling me that nobody has the ability to create a bear mask that can look like it's eating something? Right. Like a guy, like the guy's sitting there, and he's <laughs> going backstage, taking off the suit, and he's got eucalyptus all over his belly because he was just shoving right. it down the front of his suit. Yeah. This, this job sucks. Man. It does suck, man. Yeah, yeah terrible. <laughs> All right. We got a news update uh, to get to. Uh, people are being buried in pink Barbie caskets. That's another story I want to oh, talk about. No. Uh, plus an actual news update. We'll get to that next. This is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. The Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Mark Lee's on special assignment. Thank you for being here. Well, I, uh, there's a commentator named Beckett Adams who I think put it really well. We have successfully bullied the president of the United States into acting like a somewhat responsible adult. Um, news has mm. come out now that Joe Biden wants to meet that granddaughter that he, he has uh, ignored for the last several years. This uh, is a very strange turn of events. And yeah. I also read somewhere that he had to get Hunter's permission to move forward with this. Yeah. Or Hunter had to green light it or some weird yeah, thing. Hunter, yeah, Hunter needed to green light it. And their their whole take has been, well, we didn't want to you know, keep her at a distance, but uh, we just wanted uh, Hunter to be able to figure his family stuff out. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. No, it was embarrassing. They're terrible people. Uh, and, you know, they're, they act like high society blue bloods and whatnot. And they didn't want to, be, to have the Biden name sullied by a stripper from Arkansas. Meanwhile, this four-year-old, almost five-year-old girl now uh, knows who her granddad is, knows who her dad is, and has never met either one of them. Well, Biden apparently is wanting to set up a meeting uh, with her. It is odd that he would wait for her permit or wait for Hunter's permission. You're the freaking yeah. president, man. Right. <laughs> you, I agree. And and you're the, your granddad. You get to make those decisions. Yep. On your own. Oh, by the way, I mentioned this. Uh, there are pink Barbie-themed caskets that people in Mexico are being offered by a funeral home. Of course. So you can rest yeah. like Barbie there. Uh-huh. Gosh dang. All right. End times are coming, man. Get right you with Jesus. You better believe it. This is yep. the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. 
Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley's on special assignment. He'll be back on Monday. Well, Tucker Carlson got the first big interview with Devin Archer, Hunter Biden's old business pal, and the rest of the media is sort of like, uh, Devin who? Trump's Trump's going to be arraigned today. You know, we're going to be following his motorcade to the courthouse. We're going to be doing that again. Uh Uh-huh. Tracking his every move. Who cares about... You know, Hunter Biden's old uh, business partner talking about Joe's involvement in the in Hunter Biden's business. Uh, who cares? Uh, about all those phone calls. You know what? Can I just say something uh, okay, real quick? Go ahead. I think just for television, because, again, you're going to have the helicopters and following it. And yeah. Al Cowings should drive him there. <laughs> you know, you know what's, what's, what's also amazing about that is that everybody gets to make that same joke every time Trump is indicted. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> well, they are. Yeah, they got the helicopter in the air. Yeah, they're you following know. him. The the whole procession. I mean, it's crazy. You got the uh, the uh, the the sense of urgency on the on the street corner with the reporter going. Ah, I could see the uh, oh, yeah. the motorcade coming in. Uh, I can't get it. Oh wait, that's not the motorcade. That that that's a Papa John's delivery guy. Okay, <laughs> right, that's exactly. uh, hold yeah. on a minute. Uh, but wait, we're expecting him at any time. Uh, yeah, so that, I mean, you 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 see it now. I mean, you see the copters overhead. Yeah, you see him leaving New Jersey now, and and he's going to get on his private plane and fly to <laughs> fly to to uh, DC, or yeah. And, but and, and meanwhile, you've got a business associate of the president's son talking about Joe Biden. Ah, you know, kind of sort of being involved in Hunter's business. Not that's not a big deal. Right. Nobody cares about yeah. About all those phone calls where Joe would talk to people at business meetings. You know, Hunter would call him up and be like, look, here's the big guy. You want to talk about, uh, I don't know, weather or something? Exactly. Uh, they were supposedly just talking about the weather and doing some pleasantries, but obviously this was about demonstrating that Hunter Biden could get the vice president at the time, Joe Biden, on the line anytime he needed uh, Tucker, I thought, got to the heart of what was really going on there. And you can kind of tell Devin Archer doesn't want to go too far. Right. I could, too. A little it was bit. Whole, just, it was weird because he had, like, this governor on. Yeah. Like, he only said so much. He couldn't get right there to that line. He wasn't going to go over it. No, he's not going to go over yeah. it. But yeah. anyway, here's, here's a key part of their conversation. I've got a lot of kids. I'm very close to them. Talk to them every day. Yeah. Never called them on speaker during a business meeting. That's weird. Hmm. You've got a lot of kids. You're close to them. Do you call them on speaker during business meetings? Um, do I call? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what is that? A grown man calling his dad on a speakerphone during a business right. meeting? Right. And to be clear, sometimes if the call was coming in and the speaker would go on. So it was. It's just the presence. You have to be. I mean, you're you you understand DC, right? So the power to have that access in that conversation and it's not in a scheduled conference call and it's a part of your family that's 
That's like the pinnacle of, uh, of power in D.C. A hundred percent. I guess I'm pivoting against the lie that I'm hearing people tell with a straight face. Congressman Goldman, for example, that we don't really know what was going on. Really? You're taking a call from the vice president and you put it on speaker. It's not just, hey, dad, I'm in a meeting with some buddies. Right. It's let me let me put my dad, the vice president, on speaker. Yeah. Yep. In the, in the rear view, it's uh, it's a it's an abuse of soft power, I'd say. <laughs> in the rear view. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, you know that this whole thing was coordinated whenever he had a key business meeting. Hunter Biden would say, hey, dad, call me at this time or I'm going to call you at this time. Be around just so that I can demonstrate that I, I've got the power that I say I do, that I can get things done because I've got a direct line to the vice president of the United States. And, and you know, part of the uh, transcript, or I guess the whole transcript uh, has been obtained by Fox News of Devin mm -hmm. Archer's closed-door testimony, and part of it includes the discussion around the uh, Ukrainian prosecutor, Victor Shokin. Oh, the one that Joe got fired? Yeah, the one that Joe got mm -hmm. fired. He threatened yeah. to withhold a billion dollars or whatever uh, to Ukraine if they didn't fire the guy. Uh, remember when all of that was starting to come out in the fall of 2020, and you actually had uh, serious news organizations saying, well, Victor Shokin being fired actually made it more likely that the Ukrainian gas company that Hunter was a part of would be investigated. Right. Uh-huh. Really? Well, that's not according to that's not true according to Devin Archer. Devin Archer uh explicitly said, "No, they, you know, we needed to get this prosecutor off of our backs." And so there was a call to Joe. I don't know what was said on on, on the call, but just a few days later, Joe is tackling corruption in Ukraine. Right. And then a little while later, guess what? That prosecutor gets fired. Their problems go away. And he even says the only reason Burisma, the name of that company, the only reason Burisma lasted as long as it did was because Hunter Biden was involved and because Joe Biden was involved. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that, that to me is a little bit bigger than following Donald Trump's plane as he goes to be arraigned again uh, on a third indictment. Right. That's a pretty big freaking deal. All right, moving on, other things out there. Remember, there was a uh, eviction moratorium in place for a long time across this great country of ours because the government put people out of work and said, well, it's not your fault that we are telling you that your job was non-essential, so we're going to make sure that you, you can't be evicted. In some places, the eviction moratorium, in some circumstances, was still in place as of this summer. Yes. Shocking. Who I it, it makes no sense that that was you know, that that was hanging around. I mean, and really, I mean, I think you lose sight of this sometimes. A lot of these homes or apartments or townhouses or whatever these people were dwelling in and not paying any rent. Yeah, some of these are held by people who have like one property. Yeah, one or two, or you know, and and they they pay like the house payment or partial house payment on where they live currently based on the rent in the place they have rented out, right? Yeah. Yeah. So there's so there's a little income there. When the government steps in and says, "Hey, by the way, you don't have to pay this anymore." What about this guy holding the bag over here? Yeah. Well, too bad, man. Well, look, I mean, the the eviction moratorium lasting as long as it did was unconscionable. Yeah, starting it under, was starting under Trump and then uh, extended into Joe Biden's presidency, where he was threatening to ignore the Supreme Court 
on you know, and I'm on I'm not here to defend landlords necessarily. There's well, a lot of bad ones, but I mean, what what I'm saying is these people you expect a certain thing. Yeah, I mean, it was insane. Well, the yeah, the CDC was given that that was the whole uh, issue that the Supreme Court had with it is that the CDC was given the authority to waive your personal property rights. Yeah, just waive them. That's that's lunacy. The CDC, yes. Yeah. Uh, well, now apparently people are shocked to find out that they could be evicted if they don't pay their bills. Uh, CBS had the story uh, talking about, I want to play part of the package for you. Just in Los Angeles, thousands of tenants had rent waived during the first 19 months of the pandemic. Many owe a small fortune, and the eviction moratorium on back rent has expired. At the Legal Aid Foundation of Los Angeles, calls for help can wait three hours. How would you describe the mood on the other end of the phone? It's all coming due on like a balloon payment. It's frightening, terrifying for most of them. At least nine states have varying eviction protections in place, breathing room to help renters keep their homes. But unsettled rent bills are unsettling. I'm like at my wit's end because what am I going to do? I can't live in my car. Well, I mean, uh, of course, that lady, um, I feel bad for her because, sure. um, you know, she found herself in a, in a really tough situation, not only losing her job uh, due to the pandemic, but she had been diagnosed with breast cancer as well. Yeah, it's awful. And it's a terrible situation for her. But, of course, CBS News finds like the one out of every 100 situations sure. where there's a legitimate hardship that was no fault of her own. That, that she fell into. For most of the people who are facing this, the back rent stuff, what's your excuse? Yeah. I, and, and by the way, I've been told every single day by the Biden administration that the economy is booming and everybody's working. I'll tell you another thing. And my grandmother, who went through the Great Depression, would tell me all the time when, when you're growing up, if you have bills to pay and you find yourself in a position where I can't pay it all off, work with these people a lot of times they'll take twenty dollars yeah. instead of a hundred as long as you're continuing to make the payment yeah you can work with a lot of these renters and go hey are these people that own these rental properties you go hey man i can't give you the whole amount right now mm -hmm. but here's what i can do work out where you can work it out and generally speaking they'll accept that yeah but the, the unintended consequences of this though yeah is that there are a lot of landlords who are wanting to get out of it now well they, exactly they want to get out of the had, business because well, case, you're right yeah they and, want to be able to sell their place. Yeah. So, so they want they want their money, and right. and they're not going to mess around with this anymore. And uh, I'm just saying, one option is available. Uh, oh, your sure. option certainly is clearly part of the problem yeah. too. Yes. But you know, and I'll 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 sit here and defend landlords, especially small time landlords, um, whose property rights were waived by a federal agency. Yeah. Um, it, it was unconscionable to have that done and then when the state comes in and says no you can't collect on your property investment either but you are still responsible for maintenance of said property and the mortgage yeah. payment and whatnot part of that package there was 47 or 48 billion dollars allocated by the federal government for rental assistance you know how much has gone out no three billion really a tiny fraction of the overall money that our government allocated to help people who needed help yeah, has 
has made it to the people who needed it. So, so that money, I'm sure, wasn't used for anything else, right? <laughs> I mean, it's, <laughs> right. No, it's no, still no. just sitting there, right? Oh, yeah. Of course. I mean, it's not uh, like we yeah. have evidence of uh, blue state governors, for example, using that to pad their general fund. Right. right? Exactly. Yeah, that, no, no, nobody would ever mishandle federal dollars. <laughs> no. Right. Cash. I mean, but but look, I, I and and anyway, in defense of the landlords here. If you're in a state where for three years you were not allowed to collect rent, not allowed to evict people, uh, or not allowed to evict people because they wouldn't make up back rent, uh, my patience is done. And, you know, this is not a situation where everything's going fine and all of a sudden somebody falls on hard times. I, I'm, I, if I'm in those shoes, I'll just say this. I'd probably not be very receptive at that point to cutting anybody a break. Right. And... You know, you can call me petty, you can call me names, whatever, but I know that's where a lot of people's heads would be if they're in that situation where they own two or three properties and they've been getting screwed by the federal and state government for years yes. now yeah. out of their investment. So they got to make, they got bills to pay too. And yep. that that's just the harsh reality of it. Um, a pediatric heart surgeon says he's leaving the state of Louisiana because the state banned child sex change operations. Jeez, this guy. This story is amazing. We'll get to it next. This is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. The Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Mark Lee is off today. Well, the state of Louisiana, oh my gosh, they've done something that's supposedly very controversial, Scott. What's that? They banned sex change procedures for minors. Really? How dare they? Do you, wait a minute. I'm going to stop you right there. It's not sex change operations, okay? What is it? It's gender affirming ah, operations. No, it's Get mutilation, it right, sir. It's mutilation okay. and no, chemical castration of minors. Of course it is. I Doctors saw that who idiot do this to doctor, children. That idiot doctor with his idiot bow tie on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, th- this guy. Uh, yeah, NBC News ran a story about a pediatric heart surgeon who's leaving the state. The doctor is gay, and he thinks that this is an all-out assault on his family. The, the, delusions of grandeur, Bunch of man. garbage. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Here we go. In my worst nightmare, I could never imagine a situation where I felt like we were living somewhere in the United States that our family was no longer welcome. To be honest. What, because you can't chop off your kid's ween? What? What are you talking about? What is he talking about? Melodramatic dope? Yeah, he's moving to New York, by the way, so he can get Good pushed go. onto a subway. All right. Yeah, and let's not save kids' there lives here. Two other active pediatric heart transplant cardiologists in the state right now um, after I leave. The fact that me leaving is going to leave somewhat of a hole for medical care um, has been quite distressing. I think lawmakers need to understand the ramifications of the bills that they put forward. Yeah. I mean, this guy's an activist, obviously. Whatever. And I mean, look, he's free to do whatever he wants. I mean, if he wants to move to New York, that's fine. Move to New York. That's all right. But, but, but the way NBC News just... Uh, parrots the talking points just puts him out there and says see this is now somebody's not going to be able to get a a heart transplant in louisiana what does one have to do with the other i mean really like if you're trying to tie it together here it's like wait a minute so so a heart surgeon is so mad 
that a surgeon will not be able to remove the breasts of a healthy 13-year-old girl. He's so mad that he's going to bail on patients. Yeah. Then that guy's kind of a scumbag, yeah, honestly. Mm-hmm. And again, he's free to do whatever he wants. It's it's free country, but well, he's doing. He's it. not yep. the good guy in this situation. No, he's not. That that's a that, that kind of gross, honestly. That that I, that he's like running to the news channel to. I guess it was a local news uh, right interview was. that was then promoted by NBC News. Uh, the national news. So, I mean, you're running to your local TV station because you're so mad about not being able to give testosterone to girls and do sex change operations, or at least yeah. not that those aren't available for kids. That's you're a weirdo, man. Sorry. That's, yeah, you're that's unbelievable. Tough. Yep. All right. The breaking news, of course, Donald Trump has left his golf club in New Jersey and he is flying. He is flying, sir. That's right. To Washington, D.C. Yep. To finally be held accountable for the insurrection. He's he's getting arraigned today, and everybody's acting like this is... uh, Well, for a lot of these people, they feel like this is the culmination of a career-making moment. Right. Right? They've been so desperate to try to pin something on Donald Trump for years, and they've been embarrassed and humiliated the entire way talking about P tapes and stuff that now that the president is actually charged with a crime, they're sitting here saying, we knew this day would come. (sighs) Right. I have an audio clip coming up of John Carl on ABC news doing a dramatic monologue. We'll get to that next. This is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robbins show. Uh, And of course that, and the Devin Archer uh, interview uh, that was done with Tucker Carlson. That's those are the two big stories of the day to me. Um, and you had pointed this out earlier, about an hour ago, Scott. It's it's remarkable. Like, any time something bad about Joe Biden comes out, yes. within the week, Trump is in trouble again. Like, th- this... Oh, this it, is, uh, it, it, count on it. It is obviously coordinated here. It's like five examples of that. I mean, and, I'm and, making that up. And the, yeah. and the best part is, they don't care. This is why I'm looking at Republicans and saying, what is wrong with you people? Right. Impeach this guy already. Impeach Joe Biden. What are you waiting for? The left is playing a different game than you, you cowards. All right, we, we got a news update on the way. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley's on special assignment. And of course, the, the breathless coverage is back now, Scott. It Donald is? Trump on his way to face charges. John Carl doing the special break-in coverage on ABC News gave his usual brand of dramatic monologue. Here we go. It's truly an historic moment. I, I've been in that courthouse many times. I've covered trials. If you walk out the steps of that Prettyman uh, courthouse and you look over to your left, kind of left uh, uh, side, you can see the Capitol building. It's, it's, it's like in the shadows of the U.S. Capitol oh. building. Uh, the rioters uh, who would have been marching down Pennsylvania Avenue from the president's speech on the morning of January 6th uh, would have walked right by that courthouse on their way to the Capitol. Yes. Can you, can you feel the symbolism there, Scott? 
The I can in the shadow David. yes of the, of the yeah. Capitol mm-hmm. where Trump's deadly insurrection happened. I'll give these guys credit. It's like a uh, high school creative writing class. It really is. I mean, yeah. Again, a lot of these guys were too dorky to be theater dorks, right? And you know, they they just really couldn't remember their lines or whatever. And so now they they got into politics. They they went to uh, fine schools because their parents were loaded and whatnot. Yeah. And so now. They feel like this is their watershed moment. This is it. We have finally found it. The time when we can talk about Donald Trump getting what he deserves. In the shadow of the United States Capitol. No, I agree. <laughs> no, I, I 100% agree. Golly. By the way, no disrespect meant to theater geeks. I mean, dude, I was no, in, no, I, I was I was in the barbershop quartet in a high school yeah. production of The uh, Music Man. So I'm, I'm, I'm making fun of myself uh, in that case. Um, but <laughs> I, I mean, it's, it is just absurd when they throw up the, the, the news copters and whatnot. And they're, they're trying to just fill time talking about him going to a courthouse. Like, we haven't already been through this, like, two times. And, you know, like, John Carl had, like, three different drafts, and he kept crossing out oh, words yeah. and putting words in. He was up late last night. Yeah, and trying to come up with just the right words to <laughs> just, encapsulate this moment in history. How how will history remember me, John Carl? Oh, it's, right, exactly. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. you know, I, I had somebody tell me many years ago, never trust a guy with two first names. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. Well, my actual last name is David, so I'm very offended. <laughs> David David just didn't David, sound David. all that all that great. It sounds like a new wave band that failed. So I had to yeah. change it to David Van Camp. <laughs> David, uh, okay, in other news, the FBI found 200 sex trafficking victims and more than 125 suspects during a two-week child exploitation operation last month. Did you hear about this? It was Operation no, Cross Country. The FBI located 59 victims of child sex trafficking and child explo- sexual exploitation and 59 other uh, missing children, among others. Uh, and remember, we were told this was like QAnon-adjacent conspiracy stuff, right? Oh, yeah. Yes. Because The Sound of Freedom, which is about a guy who tries to break up uh, sex trafficking and, and child exploitation rings, uh, the Sound of Freedom came out, and I heard from Rolling Stone, from uh, from uh, the Washington Post, New York Times, etc., that really this, I mean, look, we all know that trafficking does happen, but it's not really that bad. Right. Right. Never right. mind, in Southern California alone, you're talking about somewhere around 13,000 that have been found in the last couple of years? Yes. <laughs> yeah, it is actually pretty bad. Uh Remember, I always like to do this going the Wayback Machine, uh, although these people get exposed so regularly and so quickly for the hacks that they are, mm-hmm. it, it makes it almost too easy because it's like we played it three weeks ago. But when the movie The Sound of Freedom came out, media went into overdrive saying it was QAnon conspiracy stuff. Right. Well, here's one of my favorite moments. It was CNN's coverage of it. Like, it happens... But it's not really like what the movie portrays right now. The Sound of Freedom does focus on a real issue of sex trafficking. Uh, But that theme, it's sort of like that kernel of truth that feeds the QAnon conspiracy theory. Uh, Tell us how those two things work together. 
trafficking. We know trafficking is real. We know it has real victims. No one is denying that. But these films are created out of moral panics. They're created out of bogus statistics. They're created out of fear. And with something like Sound of Freedom, it specifically is looking at QAnon concepts of these child trafficking rings that are run by the high-level elites and only people like Tim Ballard and only people like Jim Caviezel. And by extension, only people like the ticket buyer can help bring these trafficking rings down. So there's a very participatory element. You're not just going to see a movie. You're just killing two hours on a hot day. You are helping bring down these these pedophile rings and save children. How dare someone make a movie about something that actually happens to raise awareness about the thing that actually happens? Yeah, what's the problem? Oh, well, I, jackass, what's the problem? I, I, I actually know the answer to that, and I'm going to play the left's game on this. It's because okay, they're pro-pedophile. Is it that simple? Is that what it is? No, I, I don't, I don't truly believe that. But that's, I mean, well, well, certainly, I mean, there are some we talked about. I think you had talked yeah. about it a few weeks ago. There was a writer that, uh, what was the outlet that ran him? Was it Business Insider? I think so. Maybe who actually was somebody who lobbied on behalf of what he calls maps, minor attracted persons, right. pedophiles, and was def- was 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 just. Uh, 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 trashing the film, The Sound of Freedom. Now, you've seen you, the movie. Like, I, I know a lot movie. of people yes. listening right now have yeah. seen the movie. Uh, yeah. Did you walk out of there thinking, yeah, man, QAnon stuff? Yeah. Of course not. No, of course not. I have another theory. Okay. Uh, I mean, and I'll, t- I'll take yours and elongate it, I guess. I think there, if any movie that a Christian faith base is available for that movie... And and it is a movie with a guy like Jim Caviezel in it, which they hate already. They already don't like him. Yeah. And and the fact that Disney shelved this thing and wouldn't even put it out, right? Yeah. You automatically have to find a reason to hate it. You can't like it. Yeah. It's impossible for you to like it. You can't. Because if people of faith like it and they're gathering together to see this movie, then we must hate it. We've oh, got to yeah. find a reason to hate it, but we'll find one. Yeah. These people. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I don't know if they're necessarily all pro-pedophile. I think some of them probably no, are, but they are I, uh, all subject to the whims of demonic forces. I mean, in the in the old words of Steve Martin, criticize things you don't know about. You haven't seen the movie. Mm-hmm. You don't know anything about the movie. You just, you've heard from people, therefore you must hate it. Mm-hmm. Because because Christians like it and people who are conservative like it. It's yeah. so weird. It's it's that, it's always in the reflexive uh, crouch because yeah. if it's not i mean i i, I think kind of dovetailing off of that it, it's not because uh, of course we know that that child trafficking does happen and it's a big problem and it's gotten really uh much worse because of yeah. biden's border crisis i mean when you have of course the vast majority of of children who come across the border falling off the radar of various agencies that are supposed to keep track of them where do you think they're going where do you i mean they're not most of them are not finding some, you know, white picket fence subdivision to go live in with, with, uh, you know, an uncle or an aunt. A lot of them. No, are, they're not. Uh, a lot of them are going with somebody who may be kind of related to them or whatever, but really they're just there to make them money in one form or another. Right. <clears throat> Whether that's going and working in a factory, working at a fast food restaurant, or something much, much darker uh, than that. So, I mean, we know that it happens. I, I, I do think, to me, it. It's, there's also this expectation on the part of people who write about culture and people who write uh, news is that if it's not provocative and challenging, 
what they th- see as the status quo, you know, white Christian male or whatever. If it's yeah. not absolutely dragging through the mud, anybody who's not a weirdo, left-wing extremist, then it has to be bad. Yes. Then it's far right. That, that, that's their default position, is that if it's not making a mockery of some institution, then it has to be bad. Right. If, if it's if it's sort of uh, you know again if it's not provocative in the right kind of way, mm-hmm. then it's not worth it, and it's some conspiracy theory far right far right thing. Uh, you know, kind of case in point though, uh, or not really case in point. I just think it's kind of funny because, as you've said many times, the left always eats their own. They do. Did you see <laughs> this movie review of the Barbie movie? Now I haven't seen the Barbie movie. I'm, I'm I don't again. I don't have a hot take on the Barbie movie. I I just don't really care. I it's not for me. No, it's you know? not for me either. My I, daughter went to see it and she enjoyed it. Yeah, I I know it. I mean, you I, know, it's I, yeah. Uh, so salon editor uh, and University of Baltimore professor D. Watkins wrote a piece that says why I'm passing on the Barbie movie. My daughter already receives enough enough unintentional whiteness. Oh, see. <laughs> So, I was. It, you, what he said was, I was super excited about Barbie until I realized I would have to explain their ideas of beauty to my child. Now it's too white. I I don't even know what unintentional whiteness means. I don't either. Is, is that like I? I have no idea. I, I there are a lot of jokes that come to mind. I'm not really sure if any of them are uh, are, are are suitable here. Uh, but what the professor says is it's wild that the first Barbie doll dropped in 1959, and even though black people were everywhere, it didn't get a black version until two decades later. But this is 2023, and the movie should be way more progressive than the company's history, right? Wrong. I watched the trailer and was overwhelmed with whiteness. I genuinely believe that artists and filmmakers can create whatever they want, he writes, but I must be cautious of what I expose my daughter to. No, you don't believe that. You don't believe that. No. You don't believe that. Shut up. No, you don't. She's too young to understand the complexities of gender. Uh-huh. Unless she says she's a boy, right? Uh, so how do you even begin to open the conversation about race and how movies and commercials in America act like white people have a monopoly on beauty? Google attractive woman and watch the page fill up with white faces i mean could you imagine you're mentally ill dude there's something really wrong with you unless you're doing this just for the clicks just for the notoriety you don't believe anything you're writing you just have to put some provocative out there yeah well it's also racist i mean garbage flip the races around let's say i i went to go see uh 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 friday and and was like you know what there were just too many black people and i don't know how to explain black people to my daughter Right, exactly. You'd be like, well, that's that's pretty freaking racist, David. And you'd be right. right. That would be pretty racist. So dumb. <laughs> but the, nothing is ever good enough for the progressive crowd. Nothing. No, you, you make a movie based on the character. I mean, you know, and, and, and the characters, and everybody knows the dream house. Everybody knows Ken. Everybody knows Skipper. Everybody knows the friends of Barbie. You know, you make a movie based on that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know. You don't think about the fact that, oh, these people are all white. Yeah. It's so stupid. Yeah, it is. It's, it's exhausting. Just, it must be well, exhausting. It is exhausting. It's exhausting for me, too. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, can absolutely, you can absolutely discredit this movie all you want if you like, like the plot. Yeah. I've heard him say, you know, it's, 
it's subjective sexually or whatever. I mean, it, you can you can base it on a million different things, but the character assignment is based on the doll and the evolution of the doll. Yeah. Gosh dang. And and also, I just want to take a step back from the brink and say it's a movie. You, it, you it like is. it or it's you a movie. don't. Yeah, you don't have to go. And this guy wrote a whole ass article about how the trailer was too white. Golly. It's yeah, it's exhausting, really. That's but he's only... a fun guy at parties too. Right? I bet. Yeah, that's the guy. <laughs> yeah. God dang. Uh, meanwhile, ten baby boomer complaints young people agree with. We'll get to that in a news update next. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jimmy Markley is out. He'll be back on Monday. Uh, well, you know, it's it's kind of been flying under the radar here, but uh, Jim Jordan and other House Republicans are uh, slowly releasing information on collusion between the federal government and big tech to censor speech that they didn't like, where there was, again, a, a very open willingness on the part of big tech to do whatever it was that the Biden administration said especially when it came to things about COVID and, and, and the COVID vaccines. In one message that was sent by a Facebook employee, they said uh, they openly admit that they censored true information about the side effects of the COVID vaccine and questioned whether a vax mandate is government overreach because, well, it might lead to a, a vaccine-negative environment. Here's the message. Uh, Content may not meet the threshold of needing to be demoted, that is, deprioritized, buried, or outright blocked. For example, someone sharing negative side effects of the vaccine, similarly post-questioning whether you should get a vaccine under a mandate, whether it's government overreach. We demote those. It's not false information, but it leads to a vaccine-negative environment. When it comes to looking at COVID misinformation, it's a different approach. What we normally do is just remove or leave to fact checkers. Here, we introduce a middle ground. (laughs) So real information was treated as disinformation. Right, right. Because, well, we want to be part of the solution. Boy, you know, one of the the cagiest and smartest things that the Democrats ever did after Donald Trump was elected president was getting big tech so freaked out that they were to blame for Donald Trump being elected because someone was sharing memes on Facebook and whatnot. I mean, they, and knowing that big tech is staffed primarily by by left-wingers, they were very receptive to that criticism. The Democrats browbeat these nerds in Silicon Valley into doing whatever the Democrats wanted them to do. And, you know, unfortunately, it was pretty easy for a lot of these people to be manipulated, even though they are, in many cases, actually pretty brilliant in their respective fields. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, the Democrats said, hey, you're the reason Trump got elected president, so you need to do what we say to make it up to us. Right. And they did it because they're cowards. And they had the tickets uh, for all these nerds to all of a sudden get into the cool kids club. Yeah. And they used that. I mean, they did. They went to Hollywood openings and mm-hmm. all sorts of parties and rubbed elbows with the, uh, you know, the big and powerful in that world. Sure. Yeah. Quid pro man. quo. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, totally. All right. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready?
Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is on special assignment. Thank you so much for being here. Um, so I want to start off here with a different story. I know that the, the networks are all wetting their pants because Donald Trump's on an airplane going to D.C. to be arraigned and arrested again, fingerprinted the works, all of that. But something just came across my desk, and it, and it, it comes from the city of Chicago. You know, Scott, they've got a bit of a crime problem in the city of Chicago. Um, and they've got a new mayor by the name of Brandon Johnson, who is a community activist and somehow actually worse than the previous mayor. Yeah, I thought that was impossible, by the way. Lori Lightfoot, who yeah. this guy is actually still talking about reimagining police. Oh, yeah. Reimagining police. No, man, you got to start cracking some skulls, dude. You've got it. You've got a you've got a multi number body count every weekend. Yeah. Every freaking weekend and, in that city. And, and I mean, there was just a 14-year-old who got arrested after, what, it was something like 11 robberies in 45 minutes. A 14-year-old. Yeah, yeah, and stealing cars. I mean, it, it's ridiculous. Yeah, and, and, uh, and then you've got these teen takeovers that have been happening nearly oh, yeah. every weekend where yeah. basically a bunch of people show up in, a, in one particular location. They start smashing windows. They start stealing from a corner store or whatever. It's a giant mob of people who show up. You want to know what last, the biggest? Yeah. You want to know? You want to know what the biggest problem with that statement is, according to Brandon Johnson, the mayor of Chicago? No, what's that? Using the word "mob." You can't use that word, Scott. That's this harmful. Guy. Uh, he did a news conference. He doesn't do a lot of those. Um, uh, he did a news conference yesterday, and was asked about the teen takeovers, these mobs of kids. Mob was the operative word there to which he took offense. That's not appropriate. We're not talking about mob actions. I didn't say that. What, what I, okay, what I'm... Hold on a second, okay? Respectfully, these large gatherings... These large gatherings... Just hold on a second, y'all. I promise you, we have time to talk. It's important that we speak of these dynamics in an appropriate way. This is not to obfuscate what is actually taking place. Yes, it is. Of course it is. <laughs> We're going to call them large gatherings. Okay, well, then that's what the Capitol riot was. All right? Yeah, there, yeah. The, the kids all got together to, for a little softball or basketball yeah. action. Yeah. Right. There was a, a large gathering, gathering. picnic. Not a, yeah. Not a mob of people smashing windows. Yeah, I want to play for you the rest of the uh. Uh, CBS Chicago report. Because okay. they cut right to a gas station just getting looted yeah. <laughs> by a mob of people. <laughs> and here's the rest of the report. This was the scene near Roosevelt and Canal Sunday night. Groups looted a convenience store. More than three dozen teenagers were arrested along with a 12-year-old and at least one 20-year-old. Store owners say it was the second such incident in that area in just the past few weeks. Don't call it a mob, though. No, no, no that's, hey, that's a large gathering, sir. That's what that is. Wow, man. Yeah. <laughs> I saw there was a video, and I don't know if it was Chicago or San Francisco. I can't remember which. But anyway, it doesn't matter because it happens in both cities all mm -hmm. the time. 
But these guys carry in uh, plastic wastebaskets, mm-hmm. and they hit jewelry stores. Oh, yeah. It was like noon. They walked in with crowbars, bashed in the, the and just took everything out and put them in these wastebaskets, these plastic wastebaskets. People who were in there shopping were told to lay on the floor. So they're laying on the floor. These guys, and again, it's like 1230. It's not nighttime. The place yeah. isn't closed. It's open. It's amazing what's going on right now. Yeah, and, and yeah, and the guys just casually walk in, and and yeah. most of the employees have been told you don't don't intervene, and no, you um, lay down. That's you can't, it. And 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 you know, in fairness, the whole non-intervention call has been going around for years. I, I you know, when I first started working, I was fourteen, and uh, that was the that was part of the training on the job. If somebody's trying to rob you, if someone's trying to steal you, well, you're man in the cash register, give them the money. Uh, yeah, because you don't want to get killed. We don't want you to get killed. Right. Um, but when you see security unable to do anything, or security guards taking action wind up getting charged with crimes, and the police never come, and all of that, the criminals in these major progressively run cities are are bolder now than ever. Oh, sure. They just walk in and take what they want and leave. Dude, there's no downside. Yeah. There's zero downside. If I get caught, so what? Yeah. Nothing happens. I mean, they know. I mean, of course they know this. I mean, this is. And you got. It's so easy to fix this problem, but they won't do it. Oh, no, because they like it. No, right. I mean, they they want to be. uh, They want this to happen in their cities. Otherwise, if you didn't want it to happen, you would be doing things drastically different, regardless of your political ideology. You would be, whether you're liberal or conservative, I mean, you would. Uh, you would be doing something about it, and they don't. They're not you all know, that interested in it. This always gets back to something you've maintained for a long time. Hey, man, I feel bad for these people, but you voted for this. Yeah, I mean, this is what you voted for. I mean, yeah, when you when you, you voted have, for this knucklehead in Chicago. When, yeah, when you're when you're in the city of Chicago and the Democrat primary for in the mayoral race is for all intents and purposes the actual election. Yes. You did it to yourselves. I, yeah, you you had an opportunity to get somebody in there yeah. who was a law and order first guy, and you chose not to. Nope. Same thing okay. in, at the state level in Illinois, at the state level in, yeah. in, in California, and, and everywhere Oregon, else. I mean, you know, I'm, I mean, Portland in particular. I mean, it's just, it is, yeah. but, but I, I shake my head and I say, damn. I mean, for the people that didn't vote for this, mm-hmm. who voted for this sensible, I mean, like, like well, gee, we'd like to be safe walking down the street. You leave because you have the yeah. wherewithal, and when you get the wherewithal, you leave. Yeah, that. Well, and and to be honest, that's more effective than voting. I think that's one of the reasons why you're you're seeing deep blue cities yeah. get even bluer now because the people who have had enough they leave. They leave, and they're because they're done with it. They don't. They're, you know, it's easier to vote with your feet than it is at the ballot box. Um, and so they're going for greener pastures. I mean, you yeah, look of at, course. Well, you know, the city of Portland, as you mentioned, is a, is a is a really good example of that. A lot of the the cities surrounding Portland are getting a whole lot of folks who used to live in the city. I mean, I know a guy who uh, had lived uh, near or in downtown Portland for years, moved out to the suburbs because he was tired of having to walk over broken needles. Uh, yeah. Tired of having his car broken into, tired of having to uh, wonder whether or not this uh, crazy homeless guy was going to kill him every time he walked into his home. I mean, it, it just was not a uh, sustainable situation. 
And, you know, unfortunately, again, the people who stay behind are the people who are either brainwashed by the left or uh, the people who uh, want the cultural revolution to happen, the, pro- the people who are propagating it. Um, they, and, and, and unfortunately, a lot of people get hurt that way. So you've got to live in this hellscape. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's and again, if I have the wherewithal, I get out. Oh, sure. It's just like schools. If I have the wherewithal to get my kid out of this school, I'm going to. Yeah. I mean, I mean I'm not going to continue on like this. If I ha- Again, if I have to do two jobs, I'll do two jobs, but I'm not doing this. Yeah. You know, that leads me to something that I saw that it's funny because the left has started freaking out about this, and there's other polling that kind of backs this up. But high school boys are now trending more conservative in recent years. In 2022, 23% of high school-age boys identified as conservative. That's according to the University of Michigan's Monitoring the Future survey. That is nearly twice the number of boys of the same age who identified as liberal. It's, it's remarkable because historically the conservative-liberal split has been more or less even. Uh-huh. You know, there are ups and downs, peaks and troughs and, and whatnot. But for the most part, within a few points of one another. To see this big shift for young men becoming more, identifying as conservative more, is, is amazing and it gives me hope. And yeah. I know the reason why. The left wants to act like, like what, what could possibly happen? I mean, NPR was quoted in the article that I saw as saying, well, it was because Trump weaponized masculinity. Like, bro, you don't know what's on. going on in the world. Turns out, dooming young men to a lifetime in the HR department uh, isn't all that appealing. No. You know, <laughs> screaming at no. them about microaggressions, and if it's a young white male, screaming at him about how he's responsible for all the bad that happens in the world makes him think, go pound sand. Well, you just get fed up, yeah. Yeah. I, and it's like, I don't want to live this way. This is ridiculous. Yeah, and I, I, I had that conversation with a family member years ago who was wondering, uh, it was somewhere around the time when I started doing this show, who had asked the question, when did you become so conservative? Because when I was younger, I always thought I was liberal because I didn't care about gay marriage. Like, I thought there was no, no reason legally to ban it uh, on the legal per- uh, side of things. Um, and so I always thought, okay, well, you know, my, my mom's liberal, my, a lot of my family's liberal, so whatever, I'll just, I'm going along with that crowd. And then you get out in the world and you look around and you see the left going further and further left every single day to the point where now they can't even tell you what a woman is. No. And, you know, they, and, and that abortion on demand all through nine months of pregnancy is health care and all of this nonsense. And if you disagree in the slightest, you get screeched at. Oh, yeah. You get yelled at. And it's that's like, at a minimum, by the way. Yeah. And my answer at the time all those years ago was honestly because I realized liberals are freaking annoying. It's, yeah. it's, it's just, and I, and you don't have to be conservative to, to, to note that. And it's, I mean, Bill Maher has said that before. Bill Maher's yeah. not conservative at all. No. The guy's a lifelong liberal who is worried about the screeching class and the Democrat party and the, on the liberal side of things where it's, it's just, you're con- nothing can be funny. Nothing can be fun. Everything's got to be in a constant state of revolution and destruction Mm -hmm. you can't ever just exist everything has to be uh so you you know guys don't like walking around on eggshells 
That, that's really what it comes down to. Well, I mean, look, look at pop culture. I mean, look at that in a small town song. Yeah. I mean, they went crazy. Why? Why, why would you go cra- There was nothing about lynching in that song. No. I mean, you, and, and you took this thing to number one. You, you railed against it, and I think you're getting to a point. I always said this about pendulums. They, t- they tend to swing way out and come right, right back. Oh, yeah. Because people understand and realize this is stupid. Yeah. I'm not doing this anymore. I look like an idiot <laughs> by doing this, right? Right. And I'm not going to do it anymore. And that's how I feel about that one, Sound of Freedom, uh, Bud Light. I mean, it goes on and on, right? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think we've reached this threshold where people are like, screw you, man. Oh, oh, totally. I've had enough of this. And I, you shoe lookers, man. <laughs> and, and I don't even think it, it takes a lot of people saying, oh, well, I'm going to vote Republican from now on. No, or I'm, I'm no. conservative now or whatever. But I do think, yeah, the, the left in terms of culture has lost so much ground. And it, to me, in, in the most simplistic terms, is because it's annoying and it's a chore. Yeah. I don't like having conversations with people where it feels like a chore. Like, I got to really worry about what I say here, what I say yeah, right. there. No. You know, if I say something mean or rude, which sometimes I do, you can call me out. That's fine. Like, oh, man, that went a little too far or whatever. But, man, when it's everything. Everything. Then everything. I, then I just I don't want to associate with you. There's no point anymore. Like I say, the only humor is the misfortune of people they politically right. are not aligned with. Well, because leftism That's is funny. A, leftism in general is a religion of destruction. They don't build things. They don't build no. beauty. They, they just crazy. destroy things. Yep. That's that's what it really comes down to. All right, coming up, you mentioned Bud Light. I want to get to another audio clip of uh, uh, a trade publication guy who was talking about how remarkable it is that Bud Light sales have plummeted and stayed there for this long. And he's got an interesting take I want to flesh out here in a minute. This is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. The Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is on special assignment. He'll be back on Monday. Well, you know, the Bud Light problem isn't going away. No, it's not. It is remarkable. They have it's gone from a boycott, which if it were just a boycott, it would have lasted what, like two, three weeks? Yeah, that's it. It it, it became a it became a tarnished brand because Bud Light was not able to talk like a normal or they didn't have anybody who could talk like a normal person speaking for the company in the wake of the whole Dylan Mulvaney uh, debacle where they have this trans influencer partnership and whatnot. And a bunch of Bud Light drinkers said, screw you, this sucks. Uh, Beer Business Daily publisher uh, Harry Schumacher did an interview with Fox News Digital and said, you know, I've never seen anything like this in the 30 years that I've been uh, covering this business. Um, And really... What he thinks happened, why they made a misstep and continued to make missteps, is because they physically removed themselves from middle America. So we talked about the uh, uh, um, layoffs that just happened, and a lot of that was in marketing and, and, um, and advertising uh, that, that happened at Bud Light. It's just they're bringing in a new crop of people. And here's here's where he starts talking about that and then what happened. There was a clearly a need for a cultural shift in the within the company, especially uh, in the sales and marketing departments in New York. And I think and and I, uh, you know, we've been led to believe that's where the majority, if not all of the layoffs have occurred. Um, Uh, You know, A.B. made a 
conscious decision back in 2015 to move their sales and marketing functions to New York from St. Louis, uh, where they had been headquartered for you know 100 years. Living in that kind of Chelsea, Manhattan bubble um, really does remove you from the bars and taverns, restaurants, convenience stores, grocery stores uh, across America. And I think it, it definitely does have a cultural effect that you can't really measure, but it's definitely there. Yeah, absolutely true. Yeah, you get a, you get a bunch of uh, you get a bunch of marketing professionals uh, who want to live in New York. And like you said, you know, sort of the Chelsea, bur- the, the, the bubble there. Right. Um, who have all just come fresh out of university. They work a little bit in that, in that environment. They work their way up through the ranks. And, you know, then they find themselves in their early 30s. They've got nothing going for them but their friends on Facebook and the catty ladies that they hang out with. And they have completely forgotten what the rest of the country is like. And I, I generally don't like the, the missive that, like, New Yorkers aren't real Americans or whatever. Like, the only real Americans are in Iowa and Nebraska or whatever. Uh-huh. I don't like that. I mean, New Yorkers are obvious. If you're a citizen, you're a real American. Okay? Yeah. But the New York mindset is a very unique thing that is not replicated throughout most of the rest of the country. And they failed to realize that. This is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin show. Uh, biggest story of the day, I guess, it's uh, we're all going to be having a newsgasm all day because uh, uh, Donald Trump <laughs> is going to a courthouse again to be fingerprinted and arraigned. I don't know if you saw this. They put up the little, uh, they put up a barricade around the Capitol again, Scott. Did they really? <laughs> because, because somebody's going to show up. Oh, no. I, Gosh, dang. Yeah, so we'll 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 be covering that. That probably is the biggest story of the day, I suppose. Um, also, we've got your trifecta, top three yeah. stories of the day, according to Scott yeah. Robbins. That's coming up in just a few moments, right here on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins, Jamie Markley on special assignment. Um, well, of course, the circus in D.C. is happening now. Donald Trump preparing to arrive at the federal courthouse to be arraigned. How exciting. Oh, (laughs) today is the day. Democracy lives. Yeah, I mean, I've seen a lot of people putting those kind of, like, the future of our nation hangs in the balance. And I say, well, I agree, but for for, for totally opposite reasons. Right. I mean, here you have a current president having his Justice Department arrest the president's top political opponent. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I know, right? I mean, it's 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 so laughable. Yeah. That 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 you know, democracy is in jeopardy because of Donald Trump. Yeah. Do do you have by the way, um, you know, in case somebody thinks oh yeah, that's just conspiracy theory uh playground or or uh playtime or something like that. Um, do you have the list handy the timeline that you had mentioned a couple hours ago scott i can get it real quick I yeah think. so so the the timeline is uh a notable uh pattern here where anytime anything controversial about joe biden comes up like i don't know him being involved in his son's business deals and selling out the american people in order to make a buck with his crackhead son uh, a couple days later, oh boy, a new legal problem for Donald Trump. And it's like clockwork, man. Yeah, it is. Um, 
I guess I don't have I don't have the whole list here, David. I don't okay. have the whole well, thing, I, but yeah, I got part of it. Um, and, and we can start with the with June seventh. Yeah. FBI releases documents to Congress alleging that Biden's took one a ten million dollar bribe from Burisma. June eighth, Jack Smith indicts Mar-a-Lago document case. Yeah. July twenty sixth, Hunter Biden goes to court, rejects sweetheart plea deal was revealed DOJ and to give him a blanket immunity. What happens? Donald Trump is indicted. Yep. Every single one of these indictments, every single yeah. one, yeah. came down, and uh, the superseding indictments from Jack Smith always followed, always, very bad news for Joe Biden. Right. It's always the next day, too. Yeah, I mean, or, or within 48 hours or whatever. Yeah. I mean, like to, uh, this week, Devin Archer testifies on Capitol Hill, then does an interview with, uh, uh, with Tucker Carlson detailing what exactly happened to his knowledge. Uh, between Joe Biden and his son while his son was making all these business deals and also implying that it wrecked his life yeah. <laughs> because it flew too close to the sun. It was too good to be true, it turned out. Um, and then, boom, here we go, indicted for talking about voter fraud. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. This this sure. this timeline goes on and on. Yeah, and it, it goes back uh, months even. Uh, back to the first indictment, even uh, in in Manhattan, and so there is that pattern. You're not going crazy; it, it's there, <laughs> and it, it is obviously orchestrated. And like we talked about last week, it's it's kind of like okay, you got this problem with Joe Biden, uh, these bribery allegations, and then Jack Smith suddenly starts turning over couch cushions and comes up with uh, with new charges to throw at Donald Trump in the classified documents case. I mean, it's so transparent if it weren't so dangerous i'd laugh no i I agree and and, you know right now i know a lot of uh democrat voters a lot of people who hate donald trump might be trying to do a victory lap right now uh be careful what you wish for uh because this will turn against you at some point um it will be used against your guy in the future and for that i mean we can look at the pattern uh Moving forward as well, I mean, with with, with uh, Harry Reid all those years ago, uh, killing the filibuster for uh, the confirmation of judges yeah. in, in the federal judiciary, uh, except the Supreme Court. Mitch McConnell was there on the Senate floor saying, well, I'll tell you, you better be careful because we might do this for the Supreme Court. And then a few years later, what happens? <laughs> yep, they did. They nuked the filibuster uh, for Supreme Court nominees. And then just a simple majority was required to, instead of a two-thirds majority, or uh, what was required then, or 60 votes, I should say, um, and, and suddenly the left loses its mind. How dare they do this? It's dangerous for democracy. And, and you know, Mitch McConnell, I, I, he's over there going, uh, I told you what I was going to do if you did yeah. this. And so... Right now, my biggest frustration is that Republicans in the House of Representatives aren't doing squat. No, they're dragging they, it. They've yeah. got their investigations going on. They've got their little press conferences and their Fox News hits and their OAN hits and their Newsmax appearances and all that stuff. That's fine. Okay. When are you going to do something? When are you going to impeach Joe Biden? At this point, you got enough. Go for it. Yep. They impeached Donald Trump, as you put it, over a phone call they never heard. They didn't hear it, no, they <laughs> but they impeached him over it. They I sure mean, did. Let's let's go. Let's it, go. Time to roll, him. man. Let's, let's go. go. Yep. It, it's it's wild. That's one thing that man. When Trump said this, um, 
well, I guess it was over this this past weekend at a rally that anybody who is in the House of Representatives not in favor of impeachment should be primaried. I totally agree with that. Yeah. Um, you you got it. You got to start fighting back in earnest. And and it, the time to start doing that was like yesterday. Um. A- anyway, all right. It's uh, time for your big trifecta. Top three stories of the day, according to Scott Robbins, and it starts. Let her like, roll, baby. Are you ready? It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Trifecta, top three stories of the day, according to Scott Robbins. We count them down three, two, one, the way Casey Kasem taught us to count. Uh, We'll start off with number three. You have an update on Mark Hamill of Star Wars fan. uh, Well, yesterday he was calling for the big boycott, right, Mm -hmm. of Twitter or X or whatever the hell it is now. Um, and he wanted people to make damn sure they weren't. For some reason, he decided yesterday was the day for whatever reason. I don't know why, but that's what he decided. So he called on all his fans. You guys get out. Nobody tweet today. It's going to be tweetless Monday. We're going to show them who's boss, right? Mm-hmm. Well, David, nobody did it. So Mark Hamill tweeted out, my attempt to make August 1st tweetless Tuesday was completely obliterated by the Trump indictment day. Although he has small T, capital R, this is the rest of the way. Yeah. So it was rump indictment day. Clever. Uh, which no less called the most significant legal event in our lifetimes. Accountability is coming. And so that's the reason. People would have done it, but unfortunately it was uh, Trump indictment day. Pretty sure nobody uh, would have cared about this sad little boycott even without Trump's indictment. But if that makes you feel better, Luke Skywalker, fine. <laughs> Imagine, David, getting lucky enough to star in Star Wars, and your acting is so horrific, you basically never get another job acting the rest of your life. <laughs> That's Mark Hamill. <laughs> yeah, but he's made a pile of cash on the... I, I, I get oh, he's, of course there. he's made a pile of cash. Growing yes. up, being a Star Wars fan. And, no, I know. And, I know. Like, I don't know. I You can still enjoy the movies. Mm-hmm. I can. Yeah. 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 I can separate enough, because he's just... I mean, I, I, I see what he tweets occasionally, and I just... I, I kind of roll my eyes because he's a dope. He's he's just one of those guys. Yeah, completely obliterated by people no longer caring who you and people <laughs> like you yeah. lick the boots of. We don't care. <laughs> We're done. How about you make, an, make a good Star Wars movie? Yeah, then, <laughs> start anyway. there. Uh, all right, it's the trifecta. Top three stories of the day, according to Scott Robbins. We're down to number two. Uh, you have two stories. It's kind of a twofer here. Yeah, it is about uh, Two stories about two different mayors. Yeah, Eric Adams being the first, uh, <laughs> he's had enough with people who don't like him, David. They're throwing shade at him. Mm-hmm. So he decided to tweet this out. All my haters become my waiters when I sit down at the table of success. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh, dang. <laughs> Put a beatbox under that, huh? <laughs> All my haters become my waiters when I sit down at the table of success. Thank you, you know, Eric Adams. That, it, that, that's actually not the first time he said that before. He said it before? Yeah, he said that uh, during a speech in 2022 to Queens College, the graduating class, let your haters be your waiters, and you sit down at the table of success. Oh, he's already used it. Dang. Yeah. Okay, he's just going back to the well then. It was so sharp then. He wants to bring it back. Okay, got it. (laughs) Gosh, dang. (laughs) 
<laughs> All right. Mayor uh, number two. Yeah, mayor number two. Boston's mayor, Michelle Wu, announced that she has banned fossil fuels in the new city-owned buildings after teaming up with the city's director of the Green New Deal. Ah. The executive order was announced in a press release and will eliminate, quote, the use of fossil fuels in new construction and major renovations in our city buildings. The goal is accelerating climate action Hmm. by requiring that all new municipal buildings and major renovations operate without fossil fuels. Hmm. They also claim the move would reduce emissions from Boston's building sector while creating high-quality jobs, improving public health, quality of life, and advancing racial and economic justice. Uh, I'll figure that one out. I don't know how that last one. I don't either, in. but it got it got it got shoehorned in here. Yeah, I don't how. So if they're doing upgrades, are they going to uh, have cranes and heavy equipment that run on electricity only? It, that is a question I cannot answer, but I doubt it, David. I'm I don't think wondering. they're ready for that yet. Are, does that yeah. does that apply to the construction uh, industry? Like you know, yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Are they, are they that requiring happen. that peop, that groundskeepers only use like those those uh, neon green Ryobi electric uh, <laughs> uh, lawnmowers and whatnot? No gas powered vehicles. I have I have seen those. Yes. Uh, I don't know. I have some. I mean, I I like them. I I yeah. prefer it because I don't like having gasoline in my uh, in my garage. Right. You know, it's just you no. charge it a little bit and go. I understand right? that. Yeah. But uh, but if I were going to be doing you know larger projects, I would not want an electric lawnmower take forever my Um, grandma had an electric lawnmower before it was cool what my grandmother had an electric lawnmower before it was cool yeah with a cord that you had to pull it around and keep it away from the the, you've seen them yeah Yeah, you know what i'm saying right oh yeah yeah they got yeah you plug them in they don't have a battery pack yeah no it got to the point though where she could no longer mow her yard and i was mowing it and i chucked that thing into the chipper man (laughs) I'd had enough of dragging that cord around. That yeah, no, I, I I would never want to do a corded lawnmower. I feel like <laughs> no, I'd be afraid no. I'd run it over. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was over. too. That's why I got rid of it. I chucked it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, it's the trifecta. Top three stories of the day, according to Scott Robbins. We're down to number one. An armed robbery, or I'm sorry, an armed robber messed yeah. around and found out, you're telling me. Sure did. A robbery suspect was gunned down by a customer at a gas station in Cassopolis, Michigan. Police say the suspect attempted to rob the gas station, but that robbery was stopped when a customer pulled out his gun and shot him. He was taken to a hospital where he remains in stable condition. The owner of the gas station said the customer uh, saw the attempted robbery and moments later shot him when he pulled a knife on me, the store clerk. The would-be robber entered the facility requesting to, hey, can I use the bathroom? Mm-hmm. So he goes into the bathroom, puts on a mask, and then comes out with a big knife he's flailing around with was after doing that that he attempted to rob the store. Guy walks in, looks at his knife, looks at his gun, and shoots him. And he's in stable condition. The man, by the way, will not be charged. Yep. This is the reason people carry firearms. Uh, yeah. I mean, this I, is the reason. And I think... You I, never know when you might need it. If you're working at a corner store, a liquor store, gas station, whatever, you definitely should have one. Yeah, gun owners realize, even if it's unlikely, they, it may happen someday. Yeah. It may happen. You want to be prepared. So, you know, have it with you. uh, Practice with it as often as you can uh, so you're not caught flat-footed and you don't accidentally hand somebody else your gun. No. Um, But, yeah, uh, 
I, I, that's why the left's obsession with disarming Americans is, is so confusing to me until you realize they're communists and they actually just want to be able to put a boot on your throat um, right. more easily without any real resistance. No resistance so. whatsoever. But I no. love a good news story, right? That's, that's a, I thought it was a good way to end the show today. Yeah. My segment anyway on an up note like that. Yeah, I like that. I like the bad guy when he gets his. Yeah. yeah. All right. We got a news update on the way. Also, Nimrod's in the news. That's coming up next on the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. The Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is on special assignment. Oh, my gosh. Just in. I don't know. This is a bombshell. ABC News is reporting. What is it? Donald Trump had peanuts on the flight. No. No, I'm kidding. No, they did just they they did just report that his plane touched down in Washington D.C. or in the Washington D.C. metro, I should say. Yeah, in v- Virginia, somewhere, right? Yeah, there. I think I think yeah. Maryland is where he landed. Um, but yeah, so he okay. Yeah, <laughs> they're going to follow this minute by minute, um, and that's not all that surprising. Uh, one little thing here on the uh, campaign trail for 2024: Ron DeSantis taking part in a town hall in where was this Connecticut? I believe. Uh, no, I, I don't remember what state it's in, actually. Um, he was asked about a concealed carry permit that would be valid nationwide. Would he would he sign a bill that would allow that? And, uh, well, the DNC doesn't like his answer because he says, well, yeah, I'd sign that bill. Uh-huh. Uh, DNC War Room tweets out, Ron DeSantis just said he would sign a bill allowing concealed carry of permitted firearms nationwide. DeSantis is siding with the gun lobby over the safety yeah. of our communities. Uh, siding with uh, about half of Americans who have guns, actually, and uh, people who would like to be able to, with their current permit, travel across state lines and be able to still carry. You know, like, I can't carry in the state of Washington, and you know why? There, There is no recognized reciprocity there, uh, because the state of Washington says, because the state of Texas allows 18-year-olds who have been rape victims or domestic Violence uh, victims. It says the state of Texas allows an 18-year-old woman who's been victimized to carry a firearm. Well, the attorney general of the state of Washington says, "Well, that's hateful. We're not going to do that. We're not going to allow you to. We're not going to recognize your concealed carry permit." I would like the the universal recipro- reciprocity. I don't know how legal it would be, but you know, I'd love somebody to get the guts to actually test it for once. Yeah. Anyway, uh, time for Nimrod's in the news. Oh, let's do it. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrods in the News on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I love the poorly educated. All right, a 30-year-old guy in Florida was arrested after making a bomb threat at the airport. Well, you know why he made a bomb threat? No. Uh, Not that there's ever a good reason to make a bomb threat at an airport, but uh, he was upset about missing his flight. Oh, gosh. Easy, <laughs> he said, Easy. I'm going to take you Easy. all out. <laughs> That's Nimrod in the news.